lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined, as always, by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesia Mukes. Below us, we have your boy, my boy, and everybody's boy, A.J. Johnson. And this just is not just any old Sac City Podcast episode. This is the Fantasy Drive, presented by the Sac City Podcast, where we are here to help you win your fantasy leagues, win your matchups, win your championships, head home with the gold if you stick with us. It is November 1st. We are here. Uh, October has come and gone. Two months through the season. Um, lots of fantasy talk to recap for week eight, as well as looking ahead into week nine with our rankings and our waivers. Uh, gentlemen, how was your fantasy weeks? Did you... Did, was it uh was it a good week all around for the Sac City? More wins than losses. It was More was for losses. me. I only lost yeah. uh, I think I lost one fantasy matchup this week. Um that that I was obviously I still have dynasty leagues that I'm tanking it, but one that mattered. Um yeah, it was it was a great week. I mean, when you got guys like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara all over the place, uh you're 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 bound to have yeah, a great week you when, you see, when you see 40 point games from guys like that. Yeah, I had a I had a matchup I was uh, slated to lose by like twenty to start, and going into Monday night we were about three points separated from each other, and I had uh, Joe Mixon, and I want to say T Higgins at the same time, and this guy had Chubb and D Peoples Jones, and needless to say he took off. But this was probably one of my worst teams because of injuries, so to be right there with them, uh, I got everybody coming back. I'm making my last push in that league, but. I picked that team up late in the season from somebody who quit another league. It was it was a mess anyway. So uh, uh, where where I started, I'm doing pretty good. Three for three in my important leagues yesterday. You uh, you defeat you you defeated me in the uh, Sac City League uh, on the back. Good battle. Of a, a good battle, babe. It, it, it was uh, <laughs> it was all right. It wasn't that great uh, from my from my standpoint. Uh, Rondale Moore really was the uh, once I saw Rondale Moore take off, I was like, well, damn, this is. Uh, this is happening. Rondell Moore had a big day, and I think that was uh, one of the big turning player turning points uh, in our matchup. Uh, what he had like thirty points in our league. That was twenty four, something twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I've won five in a row, and I'm just chugging along, just creeping Amen. along with my sorry ass quarterbacks. I'm just creeping <laughs> along. <laughs> well, you have Justin Fields though, right? That's the thing. Oh, now, oh, now Justin Fields now is a good quarterback. Well, no, That's what I'm saying. He, now, now he matters. And Tua. Now he matters. And Tua. And yeah. you know, but you got to remember the weeks that I was starting Skylar Thompson, and <laughs> I, like I was, I was there was in, a time desperate need. Hey, yep. but you know, Sac City boys represent the Sac City League as we should, sitting yep. at the top. I mean, as I thought it was ever a question. Got two points. My quarterbacks are just never doing non-existent. Yeah. Everything else went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, week week eight has coming on. We've got some wins. We've got some losses. Let's talk about some things though. Uh, and let's talk about the, the the losing sides of things. And I want to start things off by going into the fantasy duds and the players that really crushed teams the most and which ones are the most concerning. Uh, Aaron, I'll, I'll go to you first. Which fantasy dud this week is the most concerning? Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I have serious concerns about Jonathan Taylor. Um from the standpoint of he was the number one overall pick, right? So, and I know we talked about, um, we've talked about having like letting the draft stock go, 
And yeah, that's fine. You can let the draft stock go. You know, Jonathan Taylor is no longer really a candidate be, to be the number one overall pick, but you still need production. Like you still need him to be something. Otherwise your team is probably not going to be very good, right? We talk about this every time a big name running back gets injured. You have to have something that says, hey, this player is going to produce. And right now, Jonathan Taylor is just not producing. Um, the fact of the matter is, is he's he's struggled as of late. They're, they're not giving him the same workload that he was getting before. Uh, his best game came in week one. Since that point, he's averaging like – five i mean sorry eight points a game like that's just not it's not going to cut it for the art for your rb1 so i think you have to start looking at jonathan taylor as no more than a high-end rb2 maybe um back in one on a good day with that ankle injury is still a problem we saw him taping it up on the sidelines the other day uh, so i have some serious concerns about jonathan taylor if you can get jonathan taylor off um i would but you have to be able to get him off for uh something along the lines of a running back of a running back one back in running back one if not you just got to hold them and hope for better days it's, it's a tough situation to be in but you don't want to sell too low because uh, obviously the upside is there when he's healthy and when, when things are going well for the colts let's find that value let's find let, let's find that, that that bar for for jonathan taylor owners you taking will you trade jonathan taylor for deandre swift yes i take deandre swift uh jonathan taylor travis Etienne. i would take travis Etienne. Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette. I would take Leonard Fournette. Wow. Jonathan Taylor, one of the rookie running backs, Damian Pierce, Ken Walker. I would take Ken Walker. I would not take Damian Pierce. I would take Jonathan Taylor. Well, so there, that's that's where you're at. And, and for, for everyone listening, and I know I am not the best go-to guy for fan, fantasy um, analysis, but – I, I would definitely strongly consider moving that because in, in your, your trades, you might be able to still capitalize on the name value of Jonathan Taylor and be able to get a Travis Etienne and some uh, more assets to help your team out. That's that's kind of where I, I think you can get Travis Etienne and maybe a back-end wide receiver three uh, for a Jonathan Taylor if you if you do make him available. I think that's a would be a smart move moving forward. Uh, AJ, what about you? What dud, uh, what dud stood out to you the most? Oh, I muted you. Sorry. Word. Uh, I appreciate y'all taking that time on that because there's a couple that I was looking at. And really, you know, you want to look at the Raiders and look at Devontae Adams. And, you you, you know, that's an anomaly. Same with Josh Jacobs. You could talk a little bit about Derek Carr, but uh, really he's been pretty okay. So I, I, I look for somewhere else. And coming to think about it, man, to me it's going to be Deontay Johnson. And I say it's weird because I spoke about him being a sick coming into this game. I didn't expect him to have a great game against Philadelphia in that secondary. But now it's starting to be a complete concerning because he's still getting the volume and he's still not getting production. Uh, You look at the last four weeks and he's at 39 targets, no more than five receptions on any game. And he had 8.5 in the first part of that stretch and it took a 13 target game. Usually you look at a guy like Deontay Johnson getting nine targets or more and you're, you're expecting him at least put up some double digits. And uh, it's kind of, it kind of worries me a little bit that the production is coming. I'm sorry, the, the targets are coming, but the production is not, um, that offense, that offense is trying to find itself underneath Kenny Pickett. They're trying to do things to get him the ball, but they, I mean, you can't be mad at a young quarterback for actually being able to spread the ball. But when you're talking about fantasy and the production and what you thought you were getting out of Deontay Johnson week in and week out, 
to an extent, it hasn't been there. You're not hating, but you're not happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a player that coming into the week, I do remember uh, a sit coming from somebody. Um, and, I mean, it's it's worse than the, just a sit uh, at this point with Deontay Johnson. You know, look at the no, don't game. go that far. Don't go that far. <laughs> he still had five catches in every game this year, um, except for one, where he had um, – where he had – two catches, but that was bad, way back in week four. He's had double-digit targets in two of the last four. Like, I, yes. yes, his production, like AJ said, the production hasn't been there, but I don't know, want to go too crazy as far as saying that it's worse than debating whether you're going to start him or not. He's technically in a flex conversation every week, um, even with Deont- the lack of production. Deontay Johnson or Tyler Boyd, rest of season? Rest of season? You have to factor in the next three weeks without Jamar Chase, maybe. Uh, it's close. I probably lean towards Deontay Johnson uh, just because of, I know he's on the field um, and I know he's getting the targets, whereas Tyler Boyd, once Jamar Chase comes back, is going to go back to that third-tier role. But uh, I think that's close. I think that's a close one. Yeah. Okay. If he didn't, if Boyd doesn't find the end zone last night you, in his first matchup without Jamar Chase, you're – you're a little upset, but uh yeah, it's not like he played also, great without Jamar yeah. Chase. It was three for thirty-eight. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, he's had he's had a couple of spike weeks, the Jets, and then last week in Atlanta. Yeah. But other than that, he's been pretty pedestrian himself. So, all right, all right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk some winners and losers from Week Eight. Aaron, who was your biggest winner from Week Eight? I'm sorry, I just saw a report that the Dallas Cowboys Jerry Jones owner said things could get feverish. Uh, as the trade deadline approaches, yeah. <laughs> he's Dr. always Jerry. he's always selling yeah. some wolf tickets, man. He's always he's all he's the greatest promoter in the sport, man. Yeah. You gotta you gotta love him for that. Um, I'm sorry, Vincent. What was your uh, biggest winner from Week Eight? Oh man, there were there were some big performances from Week Eight. I mean, you can look at Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, but I think we expect those guys to be good. I, I think you have to look at guys like Deontay Foreman. De- I'll, right. I'll say Deontay Foreman. I was gonna say. <laughs> We're even I, was gonna, I was gonna say Tony Pollard, but I think we kind of expected that when Zeke wasn't playing. So um it wasn't that much of a shock that he went off. Uh Dante Foreman is just a guy, like I said before, um, it's gonna be a better fantasy play than it is regular football play. I don't think the football impact of what Deontay Foreman is going to do with Carolina is gonna move the needle for their team, but we see it on the field. He's getting the volume, especially the Chuba Hubbard was out. He saw 26 carries. You have to like that. Um the other guy, uh, Blackshear, wasn't really much of effective when he was in the game. Uh, I don't think there's any long-term sustained success here. My advice would be to jump on this Deontay Foreman train and sell, 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 sell high, uh, get what you can for him, and, and move on because I don't think this lasts. But you have to – I thought his performance against a subpar Atlanta defense um, – was was good and if you had him this week you probably got a, a good fantasy production from your team overall because he was probably your fourth running back maybe your fifth running back a low-end flex play and uh you were able to capitalize on that so Deontay Foreman was my big winner yeah AJ what about you uh I'm gonna go in a different route again uh with uh, I'm gonna choose Kyler Murray here and it's not so much just for what he was able to do but it's for what's now becoming around him on this offense. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins with back-to-back great weeks. And, you know, obviously we know DeAndre Hopkins was just suspended. He wasn't injured, so it was likely he came in and became the top-notch performer like he has been. But, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins picked up in midseason form at middle of the season, and it's really good to see because it does look like it's got that offense humming the way they want to. Uh, Rondell Moore was able to find some openings because people can't just focus 
on uh, on every, they have to spread it out with DeAndre Hopkins being back. And now you're talking about possibly getting James Conner back in the next week or two, probably, and that's going to get your offense back to a top notch and full strength uh, with the backups of Eno Benjamin and uh, forgive me, I want to say Deontay Ingram. Is that correct? Keontae Ingram and Daryl Williams. Yeah, so uh, having this offense at full at full force, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the look the way he does, I think Kyle Murray may have some big weeks ahead of him uh, if they can keep this offense going the direction it has over the last two weeks. Yeah, I wanted to throw an honorable mention in there, and it's an honorable mention just because I'm really saying it. Um, and it's almost like an apology as well. Uh, my biggest winner would be DJ Moore. Uh, another big week from him. Uh, 21 fantasy points, 152 yards, a touchdown, six receptions. Uh, last week he had seven receptions, uh, 69 yards and a touchdown back to back weeks for DJ Moore doing that damn thing. And I was a person that was like, I was on the fence about DJ Moore. I was trying to trade him and doing whatever I can to trade him, uh, after a tough week, uh, two, three weeks ago. And then he, the following after that, he just lights it up and, then I trade him for Keenan Allen and I'm now thinking to myself, did I make the right move? Because DJ Moore is just getting better and better and stronger and stronger as the season continues. Um, so <laughs> yeah, PJ Walker and PJ Walker loves him. So, and DJ, sometimes, sometimes in fantasy football, you have to just think about the talent of a receiver the talent of a player shining through uh, at the end of the day. And that is something I didn't think of. So with that, I am a big loser. Aaron, who is your biggest loser? Uh, from week eight. Biggest loser. Um, I, I, gosh, Vinny, you, you always make it so hard for me. What? Um, look, I, I, I don't, what do you mean? Why is it hard? Because you, when you say loser, like I think, I don't know. I, I just, we think of, we think of different things. I, well then tell me what you think. That's, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> that's, that's why I asked the question. Because <laughs> disappointment and loser are kind of the same thing in, in this aspect to me. It's a guy that's who's fine. Whatever under, what? underperformed and it's, it's, it's still Jonathan Taylor. Like it, it doesn't change. So I will go, I will go, I will go elsewhere though. I will go elsewhere. Uh, let's talk about. Well, I guess I did Ross. already ask. Well, I really asked who was the most concerning. I didn't actually yeah, ask like, who was the biggest disappointment. But Most that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like the same. It's very similar yeah. to me. Uh, but I, I will say, I will say, I'll let's stick to this quarterback and talking about Aaron Rodgers' conversation. I think I'll go Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I just think it's concerning because the the lack of efficiency, the lack of how many times they're actually throwing the football, and his ability to have big games. And I think I think that's the problem. Is we're used to Aaron Rodgers coming up with big games at time. And yeah, maybe you know, it's not like he's. He's not having those like single digit games, but it's just bad. It's just very in the middle pedestrian style quarterback to Derek Carr, worse than sometimes um, type of numbers. And we're not used to seeing that with Aaron Rodgers. And so uh, when you only have, when you have zero, no touch, no three touchdown games this year so far through eight weeks, that's a, that's a disappointment. He has four picks already, which is more picks than sometimes he's thrown in a season. Um, that's a disappointment. He's not throwing for 300 yards. He hasn't had a 300 yard game all season long. That's a disappointment. Um, I just think the it's underwhelming for what we're used to seeing from Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at the course of Aaron Rodgers' career from a fantasy perspective, six, two, nine, seven, one, seven, two, 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 one, one. Those are all the rankings where he's finished when he's been healthy. 
Only two seasons he wasn't healthy. He finished 29th and 24th. Every season where he's played at least 15 games, that's where he's finished. Always in the top eight or nine, uh, never below nine. Um, this year, he's quarterback 18. I think that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 is a problem. That's not like very unlike Aaron Rodgers. And it's, I mean, it is a change if they make a move today for a wide receiver. You bring in, we talked about it last night. You bring in Brandon Cooks. What does that do for his fantasy value? Oh, it definitely makes his fantasy value go up. Definitely. Okay. Do, can I see him getting into the top 10 rest of season? Maybe. Maybe back in top 12. Maybe high-end quarterback two, low-end one, maybe 11, 12, somewhere around there. It's still going to be tough because they still have to figure out what they want to do offensively. Uh, and the touchdowns are down. The touchdowns are just down. And, and so they have to show me that they can do that first. But, yeah, I think they, if they add a weapon and then get somebody like a Brandon Cooks, as we mentioned yesterday, I think his, his value goes up a little bit. AJ, what do you got great. for uh, Biggest Loser? Be great. So I'm thinking about some rookie wide receivers. And I know it's unfair because, you know, they're young in the game. But I think about the start Drake London got off to and how we thought he'd be a big piece of that offense. And, uh, you know, since about week four, it just hasn't been there for him. Uh, and we talk about this when we have our conversations about Kyle Pitts and just the way that offense runs, pun intended. Uh, that's what they do time and time again. So, um I think I said Christian Kirk, and um, I hope I said Drake London because that's who I'm talking about. You said Drake London, <laughs> but, yeah. No, okay, said. yeah, yeah. So after you know, no, no double digit games since week three. Uh, I mean, the targets were there in week four and five. They dropped off substantially in six and seven. Uh, five targets last week, but only four yards, thirty one, uh, four receptions, thirty one yards. Uh, you know, the the production that you once got from the young rookie, looking like it was going to trend away for the season, hasn't. And then I think about uh, a guy who, you know, goes hand-in-hand with what Aaron was just talking about, Christian Watson. He was another guy we had big hopes for, and he just doesn't seem like he can stay healthy whatsoever. I mean, finally gets over the hamstring, first play back in the game, goes out for a concussion, and it looked bad. Like, he went limp immediately. And, uh, you know, he's part of the reason they invested a decent amount in him, and now it looks like they're hoping to trade for a receiver because he can't get on the field. And despite the good game Romeo Dubs had, uh, Dobbs had, you don't know if that's going to come weekly or if that's just a flash in the pan because there was nobody else to throw the ball to. So, uh, again, I know these are rookies, um, but, you know, we were looking for some pretty good things out of these guys, and so far it hasn't been what we were looking for. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Let's play a game now. Let's play a little game here. Uh, normally we do a little buy or sell to cap off our, uh, our week uh, recap, but I'm going to do a little game. It's going to be keep, trade, cut. Uh, some players and some of these players I'll say their names obviously you're not going to cut like some of these are are obvious not cuts but keeping and trading and it falls under those type of guidelines here Uh, first player I want to talk about Chase Claypool last week 14 and a half points four receptions on 45 yards no touchdowns Aaron keep trade cut Chase Claypool um Standard league, uh, I'm I'm not a fan of Chase Claypool. Uh, I I cut. I don't own Chase Claypool. I'd cut him in every league I have because I don't own him. I would okay. never start Chase Claypool ever, ever. I don't care. By weeks, I'll find somebody else that a better flyer than Chase Claypool. Let me make sure I'm in. The, I was like, wait, he can't be that good in this league. But I'm looking at it and I was like, ah, he gets other points for other things in that league. Let me not do that. Um, oh, you playing in the wild leagues? AJ playing in the leagues where you get the play for walking on the field. 
He gets a and point then, for just stepping on the field. Uh, I'm just saying, in the NFL with the injuries, that might be worth. Something. That's true. That, that's true. Uh, AJ, I'll give you. I'll give you another one. Keep trade cut Chris Godwin. Last week, six receptions on 75 yards. He had a good week. Uh, I, 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 I literally said this. Don't, don't give me that look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not give me that look. <laughs> I know some of these players. You're obviously not cutting. Trading. Basically, are you trading? Uh, Brandon Cooks, are you or not Brandon Cooks? God Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. If if you have the opportunity to trade Chris Godwin, I could, I would. Uh, I'm not running to trade him. I'm not forcing a trade. But like, if somebody's interested in Chris Godwin, yeah, I'd absolutely look at trading him. He's got enough value that you can get something back. Uh, you know, mint a high end wide receiver too, and he's in an offense that is going to look for him regardless of how they have been playing. And uh, if if it's the truth for what Aaron tells it, Tom Brady is back, so you can sell that. Uh, you can sell Tom Brady going to be the guy. Now he's got nothing in his mind. Uh, but, no, if you can uh, – again, I'm not running out and trying to trade Chris Godwin at every step I have, but if someone is interested in Chris Godwin and they can uh, offer you a uh, high-end wide receiver too, something like that, uh, I look into doing it. I'm not trading Chris Godwin. He is a high-end wide receiver, too. Borderline wide receiver one in most cases. Um, there is not many guys that are more consistent than Chris Godwin. Let's just say that. We talk about consistency in fantasy football, and, you know, you guys you, you guys get on me because I say Kyle Pitts, and he goes up and down, and he hasn't he's had some good weeks and some real bad weeks. Chris Godwin is never that. Chris Godwin is this. He's one of the more he's Brandon Cooks, but better um, in a better offense that throws the ball a ton with the passing leader in the NFL who's going to throw the ball every play because they can't run it. Uh, Chris Godwin is a hold to me. Uh, I would not be looking to move Chris Godwin. Obviously, everybody is tradable um, if you're getting ad adequate value, but I don't think getting a wide receiver two. I'm trading Chris Godwin. He is a wide receiver two with with upside of a wide receiver one. I think that there are better days even ahead for him even more as they get their offense rolling. Um, so unless you're giving me an RB one, uh, I'm, I'm good off of trading Chris Godwin. Damian Harris. No, oh, you can cut him. Oh, you, can cut, yeah, cut. You, you can cut Damian Harris. Yeah. He okay. has no value. He has no, no yeah. value whatsoever. He's touchdown dependent and it's Ramondre Stevenson's backfield. Daryl Henderson. <laughs> You, you almost you have to keep him by default. Yeah, because you can't trade him. They don't take it. You can't trade him. Yeah. You can't cut him because he's still technically, technically the guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I tell you what, as soon as Kyron Williams is back off of IR, you can cut him. There you go. All right. That is it for our week eight recap. Uh, if you missed any of it, please check us out on YouTube at Sac City Pod. Uh, reminder for everyone, we are live at, at noon on Sundays, giving you fantasy advice, getting you ready for uh, for the coming week to win your matchup. We uh, On those shows, we have start sits, we have our DFS plays, and so much more, so be sure to tune into those. Uh, let's get into the, uh, the fantasy stock report and get into your rankings, Aaron. It's time to get into your rankings for week nine and look ahead. Uh, obviously, these do change and fluctuates throughout the week, so be sure to be locked in uh, at the Sac City Pod on all of our social media pages. Uh, but here we are, week nine. We're running backs one through 12. Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, 
Miles Sanders, and Josh Jacobs at number six. Josh Jacobs coming off of a uh, a tough, tough week, Aaron, against New Orleans Saints. You have him right back up there as a top six running back. You're just chalking up week six or uh, week uh, week eight as just nothing to worry about. Or um, what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs there? Well, he played the least amount of snaps he's played all year. He only got the least amount of touches he's had all year since week one. Um, he's still averaging over four yards a carry. They just didn't give him the ball. I think they real. I think they'll realize that that's what they need to do. He's RB six on the year. I ranked him at six. I think that's what he is. About a mid to back end RB one, and I think he'll get back on track this week. I don't think there's much analysis here. Um, not everybody can always score thirty fantasy points. Like they're going to have. Every player is going to have bad weeks. Like that's just part of what fantasy football is. And we, we, we react to each week and I get it. We rank people yeah. each week, but um, he's been really consistent since the, you know, the first slow part of the season, slow start to the season, double digits since week three, uh, three 30 point games in a row. Wasn't going to continue to happen. I think it's a good matchup against Jacksonville, um, especially with the fact that they weren't able to protect Derek Carr last week. I think they're going to come and make a point to run the football and establish that first. And uh, I think Josh Jacobs will be fine. Okay. Let's stay in that same game. Travis Etienne, you have an RB8 this week. Last week he finishes RB7. No more James Robinson there. Is this is this all 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 systems go on Travis Etienne? This is what he's going to be uh, from here on out, or at least against the, the, the Raiders? Um, I, I wouldn't say this is what he's going to be, but they struggled against Alvin Kamara. We talked about that. Uh, but also you got to remember, we got a lot of teams on buys. So, yes, I do think Travis Etienne is probably a back-end one as we get move forward towards the season. But remember the teams we have on buys. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, no uh, Saquon Barkley, no Christian McCaffrey, no Najee Harris. Like, there's a lot of guys that we would put somewhere around in these in these areas, in these top 10, 20 players that, um, that are not playing this week. So, yeah. Tony Pollard and Zeke are out. Like there's, there's a lot. Okay. So some of these rankings are a little bit skewed, uh, but Travis Etienne's back in one for the remainder of the season, uh, high end two. If, if you're a little bit concerned about maybe uh, the efficiency at times uh, or them playing from behind and maybe he doesn't get the volume on the ground or score touchdowns. So, but I, I think Travis Etienne's a pretty good play going forward. Uh, and you can feel confident in that knowing that nobody's going to take carries away from him. All right. All right. So this is uh this is more on the on the fact that we have the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, Niners. There's some good running backs on those teams, all on by. Um, so you, you're going to need some plays here. And Travis Etienne is definitely a, a solid replacement for your Nick Chubb, your Tony Pollards, your Ezekiel Elliott's, your Saquons, all those guys that you can't start this week. Uh, let's move on, though, to your RB13s, uh, 13 through 24. Uh, your RB2s here. Ramondre Stevenson at 13, coming off of a massive week uh, in week eight. Jonathan Taylor. Fall- Wait, that's got to be someone mm-hmm. we talk about. That's definitely got to be someone we talk about. Jonathan Taylor at 14, 15, Damian Pierce, Reem Mostert, 16, Tyler Algier, 17, Antonio Gibson at 18. Let I have to talk about Jonathan Taylor there because you just said, you, you just talked about how all these running backs are on, are on by. You're trying to, you're basically moving guys up because of that. Jonathan Taylor is normally a top 10 running back. Like the, I, I know we talked about it earlier on in the show. There but last like, week. I know, but th- this is, that's, this is, I guess, I know we talked about it earlier, but this wild. Why, why do we, why do we get shocked when players fall? We have evidence. We have evidence that Jonathan Taylor is not an RB1 right now. There's actual 
proof that he's not an RB1. He's hurt. His offensive line isn't good. The Colts offense is inefficient. Jonathan Taylor's not an RB1. We 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 drafted him to be an RB1. We pray and we hope and we're wishing and we're for that he's an RB1, but he doesn't even have the ability to be an RB1 right now in that offense. And that's the problem. It's this is not a situation where you have a guy that's underperforming. This is a situation where not only is he underperforming, but he's also banged up. And then the team around him is different than it was when he was the RB1. Um, Jonathan Taylor might not even be RB14. I'm giving him, I feel like I'm giving him some credit here um, <laughs> with, with where he's at. I mean, I'm just being honest. He hasn't, he hasn't produced like that. I mean, he has, he hasn't done much. He, he really hasn't um, over the past couple of weeks. He's RB 33 on the year. It's just a huge disappointment. I know he missed two games, but in the games that he has played, he hasn't been playing, playing as many snaps. He's only been playing about 60 to 70% of the snaps. He's not seeing as many touches as he saw last year. He hasn't seen more than 20 carries since week three. Um, he has one touchdown on the year one and the Colts don't seem to be looking like they're going to be scoring anytime soon. He's, he's heavily relying on his touchdowns. Like he had last year, you do not become the number one fantasy player in, in the NFL and score six touchdowns on the year. You got to be upwards of 20 and he is not doing that this year. Does the firing of all of their offensive coordinator change things? Has zero impact yep. on anything. All right. Hey, just, just trying to check, just making sure uh, into your running back twos, uh back into it. Raheem Mostert at 16 AJ going up against the Chicago bears. What do you think of that one? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he has a chance to be higher than 16 this week. Uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, Sunday wasn't his best game, but they got down to the lions faster than most people probably expect what happened. And, uh, they started throwing the ball a little bit. I mean, he still had 14 touches, so still the lead back in that offense. Uh, and now this week, you go up against a Chicago defense that already wasn't great against the run uh, and are now losing um, Roquan Smith, have lost Robert Quinn. That middle is going to be a little softer. The leading tackler in the NFL is no longer in that defense. Uh, I think going up against Chicago this week, Raheem Mostert has his chance to a better day. Um, even if you want to think about it, we'll talk probably a little bit more about it when we get the quarterbacks, but uh, the way they can attack this defense coming up this week, uh, I just think I think the Chicago Bears may be in a bad spot coming up this week, and I think Raheem Mostert and others on this Dolphins offense uh, can take advantage of that. So it's more of a matchup thing with Raheem Mostert. Yeah, yeah I just don't think Raheem He's Mostert the... has much upside. Um, like, I, I, I agree he's the guy there, um, and I agree it's a great matchup against the Bears. But if Raheem Mostert doesn't get in the end zone, which they like to throw the ball a lot, especially in the red zone, um, he's not really capable of putting up RB2 numbers. If you look at his two best fantasy games, he's had two games that have been over 10 points. It was week five against the Jets and week seven against Pittsburgh. And both of those games, he scored touchdowns. Like So if he gets in the end zone, yeah, you probably got him there. Um, outside of that, his 16 carries, even if he gets 15 to 16 carries, Nets 80 something yards. He doesn't get enough work out of the backfield because they don't throw the running backs like that in Miami to, to really get you high enough value, in my opinion. Um, so I think the upside is capped. So it's hard to, it, I could never put Raheem, Raheem Mostert near my RB1 territory. He might get there if he scores, but right. I can't rank him that way just because of the passing volume and then the fact that, again, he's kind of touchdown dependent. Um, without in that offense, it's just different. Yeah, he's playing in a different style of offense they want to get the ball into Jalen Waddles and Tyreek Hill's hands and they do it often and um it's going to be hard for him to to really produce at an RB1 level or close to an RB1 level with with that type of offense yeah uh this is um I don't I 
that running back group in Miami. I mean, we thought we going into the season, we thought it would be Chase Edmonds. Now Raheem Mostert slides in. I'm not sure I'd trust any of them. Not, not, and not to say that they're not going to be able to produce. I mean, like you said, the matchup is juicy for Raheem. Oh, Raheem I mean, Mostert. I trust him. Right. I, I, he's definitely a starter. Like he's definitely yeah, an RB2 I, I, I just, to flex play. He's one of those players that I feel I would feel emotional about starting every week. And you know me and my emotions, yeah. but that, that, I think, I think why, he's done enough to show that this you is why he's not giving advice, AJ. Don't listen to that. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> also true. Uh, one, he's one more running on that back. Week three from Raheem Mostert. Like, I can't do it. You might give me that one point. <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I, I have no shares of any doll. I try to get rid of my Dolphins running backs as soon as, as soon as possible. And that was, but why, what but, but, I mean, we, you talk about it all the time in, in volume and he's getting the volume. The volume is not an issue. So if the volume is not an issue. Well, for, first of all, I don't talk about it all the time. I try not to give fantasy advice. So no, I don't talk about it. Well, no, I mean, but we talk about, <laughs> I mean, just in general, we talk about opportunity and yeah, it's there. So, I mean, I think you give opportunity Let's, and you have to look at somebody like that's getting that much opportunity. I want, I want to talk about one more running back here and it's Michael Carter, who you have at 21 uh, matched up against the Buffalo bills in a, a good Buffalo bills defense. But we saw last week, they were susceptible to the run. Aaron Jones is able to, to make things happen. But last week against uh, the Patriots for the jets, it wasn't too great of a day for both running backs, including uh, newly acquired James Robinson. Uh, what went into you putting Michael Carter at 21 this week? I mean, he's going to get playing time and he scored 10 points last week. I believe that was still good enough for a back in wide, a running back to, to a flex play. So 10 points is, is good at running back. Like we, we, it's not bad. I mean, at this point in time, you're probably, if you finish 10 on the week, you're probably RB late back in RB twenties to early RB thirties. And that's going to be a flex play um, at worst. So um, he's going to see work out of the passing, you know, in the passing game. Um, I do think he, I expect him to get some more touches this week. Maybe he gets a goal line carry. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with Michael Carter. I think, I think if you're looking at a double digit score at the running back position, you're probably putting him in your starting lineup. All right. Let's go to the wide receivers here, 1 through 12. D-Hop, number 1. Justin Jefferson, number 2. Tyreek Hill, 3. A.J. Brown, 4. Devontae Adams, 5. And Stephon Diggs at number 6. A.J., D-Hop, <laughs> number 1. You said something. Tell me what – tell me – tell the people what you told me. I was uh... – I was just a little shocked at him at number one. Um, this is, you know, me. Every week I have a nitpicky thing. Uh, and this is my nitpicky thing because we obviously know DeAndre Hopkins is super talented. Uh, he's come back on fire and he's probably not many people stopping, stopping him. But um, I think at number one this week, maybe there's a couple better options below him. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks defense has been better than expected. Uh, and they actually are ranked pretty high against the pass coming into this week. They ranked third against wide receiver based on ESPN. Uh, they have averaged 20 points to the right receiver position when the NFL averages about 26. Uh, they've been opportunistic. We know Tariq Woolen has been playing fantastic, and I'm not saying he's a shadow cat. That's not the necessity, but I don't know that he has to be. So, um, I mean, I may like Justin Jefferson a little bit more at number one. This this week going in, I may like Tariq, uh, Tyreek Hill a little bit more at, no, at number one or two. Um, and I think A.J. Brown has a pretty good matchup, too. I don't remember who you were showing there, but uh, – Again, this is nitpicky. So, you know, at Houston, they don't allow many touchdowns. They play pretty solid on the back end. But, um, you know, that would be a, re a reaction to how great he was against Pittsburgh uh, coming in and what they what they like to do. But 
again, this is nitpicky. Uh, number one, I think, is high. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. So slightly, I get it. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just say this: it's great. You're right. Everything you said is factual about what the Seahawks have given up. <laughs> Everything you said has been factual about what the Seahawks have given up. But there's a but. They've played the Giants, the Chargers without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, the Arizona Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, the Saints with no Michael Thomas, the Detroit Lions, the Atlanta Falcons. Those are not teams with wide receivers. This when is they not. Play the Lions? You said was it, what? Was a Monra was a Monra balling when they played the Lions? <laughs> this isn't the Lions. This is DeAndre motherfucking Hopkins, oh, and man. I don't care if I don't care if it's Tariq Woolen, a wool coat. I, it don't matter. DeAndre Hopkins is going for ten and a hundred and a tutty, no matter who in the hell is out there. I don't care who it is. Um, I, it don't matter. I, yes, I, I want to give credit to the Seahawks' pass defense. They have been playing well. But I'm sorry. Guarding Wandell Robinson, Chris Olave, <laughs> Khalif Raymond, and, and those guys is not something that I'm going to be too proud of. The toughest team they've played was the 49ers. And you even know that they can't throw the ball like Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. Cortland Sutton in Denver and Russell Wilson, stop it. They, 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 they are playing good and they're doing what they're supposed to do, but they have not seen a receiver, nor have they seen a quarterback like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in that connection. D hop for 10 plus catches D hop for hundred yards D hop for at least a touchdown. He's the number one wide receiver this week uh, in my rankings. And that's where exactly where he belongs. Tyreek Hill, number great Tyreek Hill. I think <laughs> you can put Tyreek Hill at number one every week. The right. difference here is he's also on the road in Chicago. I think that's a little bit tougher. A.J. Brown's on a short week at Houston, and you did mention not giving up touchdowns, and I think that's big for A.J. Brown because he's a big play guy. Um, I think he'll be fine. As you can see, I got him ranked four, but right. um, just tempered my expectations a little bit because I think Philly gets up early. The running game, Houston has a terrible run defense. Maybe there's not as much passing down uh, work in that, in that game. Uh, give me some DeAndre Hopkins all over everybody. I, uh, I I need to talk about Keenan Allen at seven, not for my own personal thoughts, but the sure fact it's that he's not. coming. No, it, 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 ma- <laughs> it, it, it matters. Wait, 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 wait. I want you to be on the You want me to be on the screen? I'm here. I'm here. He wants you to look at his photo. Screen <laughs> freeze. Come back on the screen. All right. All right, listen. When we did running backs, you talked about Josh Jacobs. Yep. Like this, you always go. Your eyes go to your players every single week. I don't, I don't mean, own. I don't think you uh, recognize it, but you do every time. Your I eyes don't own go to Travis your... Etienne. No, 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 no. Jonathan don't try Taylor. to throw in the. Ex- I don't I'm not own Raheem Mostert. Stop, I don't stop. own Michael Carter. So stop. out of out of the ratio stop, right now, stop, of players stop, I've stop, talked no, about versus listen players to what I'm have. saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I know you talk about other players. <laughs> There is all you every week. Sure. Does he not, AJ? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> he, he's good at it, though. He picks the ones that, you know, are high profile enough, but have enough questions on them. And, you know, it's normally third in the picking order. So that way. <laughs> I tell you, Vinny, I, I listen. You know, I'm really good at listening on this show and paying attention to what people say. You do it, and I don't think you mean to do it. I don't think you do it consciously. I think your subconscious mind is like, Vinny, let's ask these questions because we need to know. I, I just think it's a subconscious thing you do. 
All right, so Amon Ross St. Brown at eight versus the Packers, <laughs> Cooper Cup at nine. Hey, wait, Mike I kind of want to know about Keenan Allen. Chris Godwin at 11, and T. Higgins at 12. Going to the wide receiver twos here <laughs> oh now. Oh, my God. Now Jaylen he's salty. Waddle, Look at him. He's salty. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let's talk Devontae Smith then, uh, or Chris Olave. Let's talk Gabe Davis. Let's talk anybody else back? but my players. Can you go back? Can you go back? It's not about not talking to your players. You're just really funny. funny. That's all. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a good question. I think the Keenan Allen question is a good question. I just found it funny that you went to him. <laughs> Not Cooper Cup in nine, but let's go Keenan Allen at seven. All right, listen. Uh, well, we're working Allen's our play- way down. Yep. That's how I do things. <laughs> <laughs> Keenan Allen at seven against Atlanta with no, we, we talked about no Casey Hayward, no AJ Terrell. Um, worst pass defense in the league. We saw DJ Moore and PJ Walker connected. This is strictly about is Keenan Allen healthy. Um, and as you'll get through the rankings, you'll see I have another Chargers receiver in there as well in Josh Palmer. Um, I just like the matchup here for the Chargers, a team that likes to throw the football uh, heavy volume. You saw Austin Eckler at, at the top spot for me. I, I just like the matchup here for Keenan Allen. Obviously, there's questions, but he's coming off a bye. I'm I'm praying for you. I'm hoping that he's back healthy because if he's not after the bye week, I have some concerns. So. Maybe you get a DeAndre Swift situation where you're waiting a week, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think Keenan Allen's. He didn't practice again Tuesday, but that's not, uh, or Monday. So that's not, I mean, that's, coming out of the bye. It's not yeah. great. Like that, um, that's the thing. It's co- coming out of the bye. You're like, okay, if you don't practice Monday, if you if you played on Sunday and you didn't practice Monday, you're a little banged up. That's fine. You don't practice. Let me like know what his status like, is Thursday. That, that's, Thursday that's, that's, what, that's what I normally feel like for most players, but. He's had the bye week and he's still not practicing on Monday. I'm still, I'm a little bit more concerned. Um, yeah. Do you think and he, then, do you think he reactivated it? I mean, like they said it was tight well, in the, the game. Thing. They pulled him out in like 32, like, you know, a couple. Well, of, they said uh, they didn't want to re- reactivate it. I'm like, right. well, it, it, I don't know. We talked about it last season. It was one of the big storylines last season. These soft tissue in, in, injuries just lingering no matter yeah. what they just linger. And that, and, and, Really, that's more of the reason why I wanted to bring up Keenan Allen because you not only have him like back on your in your top twelve, top twenty four wide receivers, you have him at seven. Like that's very high over guys over prominent receivers who have been back healthy playing guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, T. Higgins. Like you have him over these guys. You're not only comfortable with his matchup, but you're comfortable with his like as of right now. Didn't practice Monday. You're well aware of this and you still have him at seven. So you're thinking in your mind, you're thinking, okay, you're expecting to see Keenan Allen come back to form because if Ke- normally if Keenan, Keenan Allen's Ke- on the field. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm expecting that he is, I don't say hundred percent, but he's playing a full complement of snaps. Um, and if that's the case, then he's my number seven wide receiver. That, that's really what it boils down to. Could there be a, a situation where he's still a little bit banged up? Sure. But we saw DK Metcalf banged up last week. Um, we saw Tyler Lockett banged up last week. And those guys still produce when they're on the field. If he's on the field on Sunday and he's playing, he's going to be my number seven wide receiver because I think it's a great matchup. All right. Yeah, DK well, Metcalf there you go. is superhuman, man. I don't get, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm obviously I'm sure I'm sure Pete Carroll diagnosed whatever his injury was incorrectly. Uh, but <laughs> for it to be something like that where it could have been a patella, uh, something that's saying it's weak, and then he still come out and have the day he had. Um uh, going from possibly going on IR to possibly being out the week to I think he might be good to go to a game time decision to in there catching touchdowns and being a man amongst boys. Um, 
I, I luckily where I sat him, I had players go off left and right, so I was okay. Uh, and I do think it was the right decision to still do it because there was a very good chance he could have came in and uh, dudded you. But for him, like, so that that was the name that I was thinking of when you talk about Keenan Allen. If he's going to be on the field at this point at that injury, it's because they think he's ready to go. Uh, the same way they did DK Metcalf, they actually put him on the field. He wasn't really limited, so to speak, uh, because they knew he was ready to go and he performed. So uh, back to Keenan Allen, I can agree that if he's actually playing against the soft secondary as of right now with the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, he should have a good day. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert's been waiting for this man to get back so they can get that chemistry and see if they can ride on to the second half of the season. Let's talk Chris Olave, Aaron, a player that you have been – it's not necessarily someone like we're, we're, we're beyond the point of what you said about him in the off season. We're in the season. Now he's the wide receiver one for this team. You have been 18 against Baltimore, a defense that has been bouncing back and playing really well. As of late, you have him at 18. Uh, what went into that one? Yeah, I mean, he's just going to get all the volume and we, we got, we, we can't mistake uh, fantasy value for my feelings about personal, about what they do to a football team and the impact they have on a football team as far as winning and losing. I still don't think Chris Olave is that great. I'll be honest. However, from a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to get the volume. And when you get the volume, you get the opportunities. You're going to put up numbers. I don't care what offense you're in. I don't care who you are. Um, if you get targeted and you're on the field, you're going to put up numbers. Like that's, that's been the case in the NFL for a long time. We've seen fantasy players come out of nowhere that aren't the best fantasy players because they've received opportunities. And that's, and that's really what fantasy is all about. How many opportunities you get and what you do with those opportunities. And he's had, he's played okay. Like he's played fine. Um, you know, five catches, 52 yards. It's a double digit game. He's, he's been in double digits every game, except for week one, he's playing a high volume of snaps. He's seen the most targets on the team. Um, and in an offense that needs weapons and need needs production, I think he's I think he's a solid play. I don't think I think his upside is limited. I do think it's capped at at a certain point just because of the offense he plays in and the impact that uh, Alvin Kamara has on that team and what they like to do in the red zone with Taysom Hill and stuff. But if you're looking for a guy you just throw into your lineup every week and you know you're probably getting five five for 55 for 66 for 70 and and that's the worst they're going to do with that high of a floor I, I think you're okay and i think chris olave can give you that yep tyler boyd at 19 terry mclaurin 20 gabe davis 21 juju 22 josh palmer who we're going to talk about a little bit at 23 and devin duvernay at 24 with no rashad bateman now in baltimore this is uh it's devin duvernay's time uh to step up as the wide receiver and the lead guy for Lamar Jackson. Let's pivot over to the quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes, number one, surprise, surprise, surprise. Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson is your top six quarterbacks. AJ, it's quarterback nine on Aaron's list that has you uh, thinking. What you got going on with Tua Tungavailoa? Yeah, um, I, I guess this, uh, again, funny enough, I'm going to say it becomes a matchup. I just have a feeling that this Chicago defense is not going to be itself without Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn this week. I know their past defense has been better, uh, but the way Miami likes to move the ball, sure, they throw the ball deep to Tyree Kill, uh, but it's kind of like playing a little game. Let's let's knock out the middle of the field. Let's attack the middle of the field. And as soon as you come up, we're going to throw it deep on you. And when you don't have a guy like uh, Roquan Smith, a leader in that game, in the, on that team, by example, and vocally, uh, I don't know that they they perform the way you look 
uh, the way you want them to. So I have a feeling that they're going to get a lot of underneath stuff with Tyree, with uh, Jalen Waddle. I feel like they're going to get a lot of uh, mid-range with Kaseki, And then, of course, that'll open up the deep ball for Tyree Kill. And if they can't, you know, stop everything ahead and the moment they move up is how they get susceptible deep. Uh, I think Tua has another avenue for a really good outing this week. Um, I know Chicago's pass defense has been good. I I, I feel like Roquan Smith was a much bigger loss, uh, and we're just going to start seeing it. Uh, whether it's in regular NFL or in fantasy. Where are you bumping him up to? And if if these are your rankings, what do you think? Where would where would Tua, Tua be? Seven. I mean, I'm not going crazy on anything. I mean, you look at the guys on the other side, uh, and they all bring to the table what Tua doesn't and with rushing ability, or in the case of Justin Herbert, if he doesn't want to win, he has a great matchup coming up. Um, Kirk Cousins at Washington, uh, they've been playing better. Um, I'm not saying they're Revenge world game. beaters. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we know what Geno Smith brings to the table, uh, but this season. <laughs> um, so you know, it's not like it's not like he's I don't think he's the number one quarterback on the week or anything, but I, I just think he has a good shot to have a very good week. So maybe put him up at seven. Yeah, it's more about consistency, uh, too. As, as from a fantasy perspective, again, I, I gotta make sure I clarify this. Tua hasn't been the most consistent fantasy player um throughout his career. And uh, despite what they, the matchup, I do think is actually a good matchup. I don't think the Bears secondary really stopping any Miami Dolphins, seg- right. you know, people. Um, but it is in Chicago. I don't know what that weather's like. If it's windy that day, if it's rain, snow, who knows what's going on in Chicago. It t- tends to be a little bit tougher to play in those type of places and produce um, numbers in those type of places. I do think he'll be fine, which is why he's a top 10 play for me. But we got to remember, like, Outside of the big week in Baltimore and the huge week last week against Detroit, he's been pretty pedestrian from a fantasy perspective. You know, he's only every touchdown that he, every game he's played in, he's had one touchdown or no touchdowns outside of the game. All of his fantasy touchdowns have come from two games, the majority of two games, Baltimore and the last week against Detroit. Um, there's real no really no rushing threat there with Tua, uh, so his upside is is capped. I think Kirk Cousins is more of a consistent surefire play. Uh, two touchdowns in multiple four games this year. Um, hasn't thrown a pick in three weeks. He so I think he's he's more solid than that. And then the way Geno's been playing, it's hard to argue Geno and what that offense has been able to do and what they're capable of doing. Um, we've seen again just three picks on the year for Geno Smith. Uh, multiple touchdowns in every game this year that he's thrown a touchdown. Um, he's he's had multiple touchdowns, and it's a good matchup against Arizona, uh, number quarterback seven on the year. So I. I Again, he's been much more consistent than Tua from a fantasy perspective. Um, even despite Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, I think they end up with big days, but Tua not a big day, if that makes sense. Because those guys often go for 10 for 150, but no touchdowns. Or maybe, you know, Waddle gets in the end zone a couple of times, but Tua's, uh, you know, 280 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns and a pick. And it ends up being a good day, but it doesn't, it, it limits that upside that he has. Imagine yeah. if Tua would stop short throwing, uh, under throwing Tyree Kill. <laughs> Imagine you hit him more. in stride every now and then. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take the underthrow over and overthrow any day. Well, uh, you ain't overthrowing I mean, the cheetah. He'll <laughs> just he'll just accelerate. <laughs> you you can't catch an overthrowing ball. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think either way you can't you can't catch either one. Well, I guess I guess you can. What? Uh, 
I, oh my I don't know. The math doesn't check. The math just doesn't add up to me in that. Maybe it's just... you have anybody say that you don't overthrow a receiver. You underthrow it. No, two things happen when you underthrow a receiver. Number one, they can actually make a play on the ball. Number two, you often get pass interference calls. There is the uh-huh. number one rule of a quarterback is you never you don't do Jimmy G to Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. Oh, Ever. Yes, all right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one last basket, one last yeah. look at your quarterbacks here. Justin Fields <laughs> at eleven. It's it's Justin Fields' time, right, Aaron? That's it's it's. No. This, no? Is, this is this is this is bye week time. Oh. <laughs> That's what oh. it is. It's bye. It's we got six teams on buys. We got Dak Prescott's on a buy. We got. Uh, that, that's the only that's the only quarterback that would be on this list that really would be, that is as uh, on by you wouldn't put Jacoby Brissett here you wouldn't put Russ here you're not putting Daniel Jones here oh maybe you put I'd Daniel put, Jones I'd, I'd put Russell Wilson over Justin Fields oh wow okay all right so that's where we're at I think this is the last week we see to- we see Aaron Rodgers uh top 12 I think Oof. I think w- this oh. is this is what w- I was I was right on the Tom Brady one. I think Aaron Rodgers might be uh, the next the next veteran quarterback to Against fly Detroit. off the QB twelve rank. Against yeah, like Detroit, and you just you just sneak in at a QB one on bye week with all these quarterbacks. It's it's not good. It's not, if if they if they get a Brandon Cooks or somebody like that today, does that change your thought process? You should watch our show. <laughs> with the recaps from last night. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it moves the needle a little bit. Um, uh-huh. More more football move, though, than fantasy move for me. Uh, I think it changes moves the needle on, on what the Packers could do offensively from a real football standpoint, more so than fantasy. I think the days of Aaron Rodgers being a, an elite fantasy option are gone. But I don't agree that this is the last day you'll see him as a top 12 quarterback. Because I think that's just absurd. I think maybe he'll ha- he'll pop back in the top 12, like, but ranking him – as top 12 quarterback. I'm sure I'll rank like Aaron Rodgers again as a top 12 quarterback. It and I'm sure I'll rank like Tom Humphrey. Brady as a top 12 quarterback at some well, point. Well, you know what? Like, I'm sure if you think these guys are never going to perform at the top 12 level again, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm, they, I promise you. I guess I should have said ranked. consistently a top 12 quarterback. Oh. I, I guess I should say consistently. Well, yeah, they haven't, they haven't been that all year. I can agree with yeah. that. Um, one other thing, AJ, you should probably listen to the show earlier on because I did already ask about the Brandon Cooks fantasy impact of Aaron Rodgers if that move does happen get out of here top 12 tight ends (laughs) top 12 tight ends kelsey Ertz, everett pitts higby goddard top six tight ends there is no george kittle this week there is no muth is loose pat fryer muth there is no uh dalton schultz um but there is a mark andrews sliding to number seven on your list aaron what uh is it is this the injury concern coming in yeah i just don't know if he's playing um, I doubt he's going to play, to be honest. Um, it's probably I sense a theme be here. It's probably going to be Isaiah Likely uh, this week. And what? You think you know, Isaiah, you think Mark guys. Andrews doesn't? Oh, shit. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck me. <sighs> <laughs> he's excited. He said Isaiah Likely. His ears popped up. He's like, ooh. Oh, he no, has Mark I, Andrews Mark, and Isaiah Mark, Likely. Yeah, I said Mark yeah. Andrews, too. Damn it. Yeah. No, no. That, you're right. That's the That's whole point for Mark point. Andrews being there. Um, this is about the injury, and I'm not sure if he's going to play. And if he doesn't play, you're going to slide in Isaiah Likely, but that upside won't be the same. It'll be a little bit different. Um just slightly. I think Isaiah likely would fill in as a top 10 tight end. Uh, I think that's a good fill in play. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely be the first person ever that had a handcuffed tight end that got to play. I'm like, nobody does that, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <In your league laughs> that has 45 fucking roster spots. Yeah. I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take my best players uh, backup so that I can make sure that I'm safe. We don't have 45 roster spots. We actually don't have that many roster spots. We start a lot of players, but there's not that many bench spots to where you can just be handcuffing every do you star not count, player. Do you not count starters in your roster spots? Is that not, is that not a thing? <laughs> what I'm saying is you don't have enough bench spots to roster handcuffs for your star players. That's my point. Because you have to have depth for bye weeks and stuff. That's the point. There's a lot of players on our teams, and oh that's why God. I have. You are like, and and now and now I'm glad you froze. I'm glad you froze. And now because I'm all out like, of fab, right now, I'm very happy that I that I have Isaiah Likely because I wouldn't be able to pay big money for. I actually have three tight ends. I think on my team right now, or two <laughs> tight ends. Yeah, I have three tight ends yeah, on my team. You're I have an idiot. Andrews, you, I have right Andrews, now, you are Dylan Likely. I have Andrews, I have Likely, and I have uh, Greg Dolchich. So, yeah, that's, that's my life. That is and my life. Idiot. And, yeah, that, that's fine. That That's fine. Um, back to your tight ends here, though. Mark Andrews at seven. Uh, let Do we want to talk Kyle Pitts at four, AJ? Is this is this the thing? I mean, he had a good game. I'm happy for him. You see the hat I wear? I mean, we talked about this. He's got potential. He's got upside. Everybody out there, go get Kyle Pitts. It's probably go get him. He's nowhere to go. Too late now. Well, it's probably a week too late. That's my point. If you were listening to to the Mukesia three weeks ago, I told you just go get Kyle Pitts now. Just go get him. Just you should have already had him on your team. People that want to panic after six, seven, eight weeks because the guy's not getting the ball thrown to him. Eventually, the ball's going to get thrown to him. He's the best damn offensive weapon they got. They're going to throw it to him, and they're going to throw it to him again next week, and they're going to throw it to him again the week after that. Is he going to have a dud week again? Perhaps. There's going to be weeks where he's a dud. But the fact of the matter (laughs) is that every damn tight end in the NFL has dud weeks. So outside of Travis Kelsey, outside of Travis Kelsey, there is no tight end that you're going to be like surefire going to have a great game. So if that's the case, take the players with the most upside in that position and you grouping because they will be the difference maker when it matters the most. Go get Kyle Pitts if you still have an opportunity to get him. I'd trade anybody that wants any of those tight ends. I'm trade. I, you want you want Pat Fryer moves because he's been good. Take him. You want this guy and that guy. Take him. You can have any of those guys. Give me Kyle Pitts. I'm good. And I'll, if it ain't. I would trade if you have Darren Waller, trade him for Kyle Pitts right now. If you have anybody but Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and perhaps George Kittle. That's it. Yeah. Perhaps George Kittle. I, I like what I've seen from George Kittle, especially now with C- with Christian McCaffrey and how that offense has opened up. Um, I, I I would say he's back to being in that top four group. And those four tight ends are the ones I'm taking. Everybody else you can keep. Dallas Goddard's a close fifth. Not wrong. That's our tight ends. That's our rankings. Uh, let's cap the show off with a little waiver wire ads uh, that you guys need. These are must-add players uh, for Aaron in week nine. Uh, and this is the unveil. Matt Collins, Jalen Warren, Kenyon Drake, Josh Palmer, Rondale Moore, the five players that you must add uh, this week in your week nine waivers go out and get them i put the right percentages there for you aaron uh <laughs> partially because you sent them to me like that so that's half the battle uh but but take us through your waiver wire ads yeah um starting at five matt collins just uh he's been pretty steady man um even with the return of, of hunter Renfro, matt collins is, has has been pretty good um he had a couple of bad weeks when he played Houston and Kansas City, but he had seven targets this past week. And this is when the Raiders didn't do anything. Seven catches, 64 yards. 
Um, didn't do anything quite the week before, but I like his role in this offense as that a guy on the opposite side of uh, Devontae Adams because you know so much attention is going to be paid to Devontae Adams. And as long as um, – why can't I think of his name? As long as Darren Waller's out, uh, he's the third option in that passing game, and I think that's, a, that's an okay option. So, uh, again, if you're looking for bi-week fillers, double-digit games the last two weeks, uh, go ahead and get Matt Collins uh, in your lineup. Um, I don't know that the Raiders are going to continue to go for Tim, but he's proven that he can he can make an impact. Uh, Jalen Warren is more of that continued stash play. Uh, I've talked about him before, his explosiveness. I think eventually when the Steelers are out of it, maybe they just they mess, mess around and just bench. Um, not bench, but sit Najee Harris so he can rest up that foot. He's had double-digit points in two of the last four weeks. He had six carries for 50 yards, three catches this past week. I think that role will increase. Uh, and he's obviously the more explosive player. So maybe somebody down the stretch that could end up being a league winner if Najee Harris misses some time. Kenyon Drake, you, this is just by sheer opportunity with the, Gus Edwards possibly missing time. And then you have J.K. Dobbins, who's out. Obviously, Justice Hill is not an every down guy, and, and you can't really use him that way. I think Kenyon Drake is more of that every down guy. Baltimore's a good rushing offense. He's going to get the opportunities. Go get Kenyon Drake. And then the last two, Josh Palmer and Rondell Moore. Again, about opportunities. Mike Williams out. Keenan Allen's banged up. We don't know what he's going to be. Only 36% owned. He definitely needs to be owned in more leagues. He's coming off a concussion, but he had the bye week. He should be coming back this week in a good matchup. I think you get him into your lineups this week. He's played every game this season more than 50% of the snaps. He's been over 70% of snaps in every game except for one. Um, he's had six targets in every game except for two. Like He's been on the field. Um, some of those big games haven't been there, but he's also scored in double digits three out of six games. So I think he's a, a, a nice play there to pick up if you haven't already. And Rondell Moore has just saw his uses go up and up and up. And I think he's a, a nice waiver wire target there in the Arizona offense that now is going to have to be paying attention to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously torching people as he's going to do this week. Uh, teams are paying attention to that. And Rondell Moore is that guy that comes in and gets those shorter targets, but has that run after catch ability. Uh, saw seven and 92 in a touchdown last week. And uh, I think his production will continue to grow uh, throughout the season. So here's what to do. Arizona. And this is for real football here. When Mar Hollywood Brown comes back, move Rondell Moore into the running back position and start running the ball more. Okay. And now have Hollywood and, and DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore, and you're utilizing everybody, and you're making it happen, that could be the key to your success, Arizona, okay? Run the ball and give it to Rondell Moore if you have to. If you like him so much, use him as your running back. Do something. Thank, thank God Vinny's good at graphics. And producing. I am average at that uh, as well. <laughs> but that does it for another episode of the Fantasy Drive presented by the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again live tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, giving you our week nine power rankings. Uh, of course, there, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of risers, a lot of fallers, some heavy hitters, some heavy fallers. Something along those lines is going to be a great show. You're not going to want to miss it live at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And for your fantasy needs, we are back at noon on Sunday, live answering your fantasy questions, your lineup decisions that you have, uh, everything to help you win your week and win your championships. We're here live at noon. I got one on thing. Sundays. I got one thing for that. Also, YouTube yeah. did something special. They created a community tab on our YouTube page. If you have fantasy questions that you want answered, go type them in there and we will answer them or I will answer them or somebody will answer them. 
Um, so if you have any fantasy questions throughout the week, whether you should be looking to pick guys up or make trades or whatever it is, go to the YouTube page, click on that community tab. And then um, again, we have, we'll be posting uh, graphics there, promoting shows for when we're going to give you fantasy stuff. Um, but also I'll be answering questions on that forum. If you don't want to ask the question in the video itself, you can ask the question there and I'll be more than happy to uh, answer it on there. There you have it. Join us tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern time for our power rankings for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for your boy, AJ Johnson. I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Holla.